Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner. And today we're going to be continuing with our summer series in which we present you with segments of audio from off-season interviews that Sun Devil Source publisher Chris Cartman conducted with Arizona State's football staff. Last week we featured Herm Edwards, so if you missed that, be sure to go check that out on sundevilsource.com and on soundcloud.com. Today we'll be sharing the interview Chris did with ASU second-year wide receivers coach Charlie Fisher. Entering the 2019 season, the Sun Devils are going to have to replace star receiver Nikhil Harry after he was selected with the final pick of the first round by the New England Patriots in last month's NFL Draft. So let's jump right into it with Chris asking Fisher about how ASU will move forward without Harry and what the depth of position group looks like. The voice you'll hear next is Chris Gardman, followed by Fisher. And these guys have to know that when you are going to replace all of the Nikhil's targets... Mm-hmm. That those are going somewhere. Oh, they're going somewhere. So that just just unlocking that. Do you think that that that's something that is really like motivating no for question. the players? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. What's they the, know that somebody's, about got, that stuff, somebody's got to step up. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. They know that. Uh, you know they're kind of in the. You know if you want to say the bullseye, but yeah. Uh, I mean, doesn't take you know the 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 diehard ASU fan and the guy, the person that follows <laughs> ASU is one. Well, who's who's the next yeah, guy? You got it. Who's going to be the next guy? And yeah. You know, just like when um, whoever was here before, Nikhil, or uh, this guy, Jalen Strong. Strong. Who's going to replace Jalen Strong? Who's going to replace Derek Hagan? Sure. Well, well, usually that allows a kid to emerge. That's the beauty of college football to me, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a guy who plays eight or nine years for you. Yeah. You know, he's going to play three to four. Maybe even in this day and age, not many guys play five years. Right. In, in the big scheme of things, they really don't. Right. Used to. Yeah. Redshirt a guy who played four and maybe goes on the NFL, maybe doesn't. You know, nowadays in the power five it doesn't happen as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. But somebody there's targets to there's a bunch of targets to be had. For sure. What did you think about like how your group looked in the spring? In the spring? Yeah. Uh you know, we had a little bit of trouble catching the football overall. I thought that we're a little inconsistent on that end. I mean we got I mean, it's a great group of kids. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a fun group to coach. Um, they came out. They work hard. I mean, they, there's a lot of energy in the group. Uh, you know, if you start with Frank Darby, Frank's, you know, he's an energy guy, you know, so he always sets a tone. Yeah, he really is. Um, you know, we just don't right now, we don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. That's really the biggest, biggest concern, I think. You know, yeah. if you look at our three guys that have played a good bit of football here, Frank and Kyle and... Ayuk, I like all three of those guys. I really like the progress that Jordan Porter's making. Yeah, oh yeah. I really I really think he's he's gonna be a good one. Yeah. He's young, he's still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we always want him to be there faster than many times they are, but uh, if you look at him from where he was last fall mm-hmm. to the end of the fall to even the beginning of the spring, you can see incremental improvement. Mm-hmm. And that's what you wanna see. So do you think it's gonna it's gonna work out okay as far as the depth that you'll have? Because I know that um, you know when I've talked with Rob Likens, he's he said, "Man, I I'm used to being at Cal, just cycling guys on and off the field." Yeah. And you want to be able to keep yeah. fresh legs and all that. Do you feel like that's gonna be okay? I don't know if we have that much. I mean, yeah. I wish we had more. I think. I mean, we're gonna have to get. I mean, we we've got to. You won't have eight or nine, but do you think you'll you think you will have six or seven that are? Yeah, I think right now we'd have six. I think yeah. that the curly Pearsall is a big factor in the the question mark. You know, yeah, how quickly they're going to be force fed. Yeah, you know, probably a, yeah. like a year ago, Jordan Porter didn't have to kind of be in that situation. You know, we right. kind of brought him along and felt like it was best to redshirt him and 
and and you know as long as I've done this, Chris. I mean, it's when they can redshirt. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. Sometimes you can't do it. You know, and it may be a situation where you know, we got four games to play with, but right now you have to look at it and say, our two young guys coming in, I mean, we're going to get a great look at them early and see, Yeah. you know, can, can they help us and how quickly can they help us? Yeah. And then you got your basically six guys that have played football here, um, you know, a, a, to some degree they've yeah. played here. You know, some obviously more than others. Yeah. But I really think, you know, a big factor in, the whole thing is John John and Ron Newsom. Yeah. Can we get them healthy? Can we keep them healthy? That's we're gonna get them back. Sure. No question. Yeah. You know, John John ran today with us and Ryan's starting to, you know, move around and feeling yeah. a lot better. Uh, there's no, that's not an issue that we're gonna get them back. Yeah. Is we gotta keep them healthy. And by rotating guys and hopefully keeping them fresh, we'll take a little bit off of them. Yeah. But we sure we sure need them to be. One wideout who is hoping to build off of an impressive first season with the program is senior Brandon Ayuk, who seemed to come on stronger as the 28th season wore on. He had his first 100-yard receiving game in ASU's upset win over then number 15 Utah and put up a critical 105-yard one-touchdown performance in ASU's comeback win against Arizona in the Territorial Cup. Ayuk's season high of nine catches came in the Las Vegas Bowl that Harry didn't play in, perhaps a sign that he'll be the team's go-to receiver in 2019. After playing two seasons at Sierra College, a junior college located in Northern California, last year was a transition time for the physically gifted 6'1", 195-pounder. Here's Chris asking Fisher about the difficulty of coming over from a junior college to being thrust into a role of potential contributor right away at the Power 5 level. I think with Brandon, like people just don't realize that JUCO kids come in and they have two years and even if you have a lot of talent but you don't have the skill set or wherewithal <coughs> that you're really not even going to be peaking until like the very end and right. with some of those kids. And, and remember with Ayuk, he didn't go through spring ball. That's what I'm saying, He thinking, wasn't yeah. here. So, you know, you, he's going through a curve of learning the offense. Yes. And just learning what to do. Mm -hmm. And that slows you down yes. immediately. Yeah. But you could clearly see the second half of the year a different player and yeah. we could see that starting to evolve and come we knew the skill set was there yeah but once he could kind of start to play and turn it loose and he's a tremendously skilled kid and I've done this a long time and seen a lot of good receivers yeah and he's a really good receiver so he should explode and be a guy who's... We, we feel like he can absolutely based on the last half of his year of yeah. the season and then you know and and had, had some big catches in the bowl game and mm -hmm. then based on his spring if he stays healthy and his development over these next, I think, you know, you can't discount how important this next phase of their development is. You know, mm -hmm. spring ball's over, but there's now a huge development in the weight room. Mm -hmm. And then throughout now, skill set-wise, all the way through August. This yeah. is a huge developmental time for them. Yeah. That sometimes gets overlooked, you know, oh, yeah. in college football, you know, or even professional football. because, yeah. But more so at our level because they're young players. And they take the foot off the gas and then... And you just start, start to see them take off. They get more confident as they get stronger, typically. Like Jordan Porter, you're seeing him get more confident because his body's changing. Oh, yeah. He he's totally becoming can. a stronger kid, and he's only going to get stronger. Yeah. You know, he's kind of got a wiry, thinner body when he came here, but he's starting to fill out and thicken mm -hmm. up a little bit. So you're going to see his confidence level continue to grow from that end. Yeah. You know, and now 
like with G, it's it's he's gonna get snaps. We'll come, yeah. You know, he's gonna get snaps. Yeah. What what you are know? some of like his best attributes? Would you say as a receiver? Well, he's got you know he's got really really good vertical speed. I yes. mean, obviously you can't teach that. I, I think he he's improved a lot at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Okay. He just improved overall as a, as a receiver. The thing that surprised me a little bit, he's uh, you know he, he's uh, uh, he's got a little edge and a little more toughness mm-hmm. to him as a young player than. A, you know, typically, sometimes young guys got he got his nose in there and got a dirty sum. He's willing to block. Yeah, he's not afraid to do that, yeah. which is a good sign. That's a good thing to see that you see some toughness and mm-hmm. ability just to you know try to throw his hat in a ring. And sometimes you might get thrown out, mm-hmm. but he, but he tried to do it. Do you think that Brandon it could be like a 60, 70 catch I kind do. of a guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean, oh, you yeah. can you get the ball to him in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Very, very talented player. I mean, very talented player. For as long as I've you know, been in the business, close to 40 years, and having coached a lot of guys at either quarterback or receiver that have been high, high level, his skill set is high. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great skill set. He's quick. He's strong. He can get in and out of breaks. He can separate. He's yeah. Big hands. He's an NFL wide receiver. He's got, he's yeah. got NFL skills. Yeah. You know, only time will tell how that all plays out, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, only. with his skill set, he's got a lot of pro skills. So he's no someone that, that that any offense would be like, okay, we need to figure out how do we get, get the ball to this yeah. guy. And you could see us working to try to get him the football the last half of the year. Yeah, for sure. You know, because obviously his catches went up. I mean, he's, a, he's a very, very gifted player. Yeah. You know, when you look at his – you know, it's hard for me to figure that there's that that there's many more guys that are any better at the line of scrimmage than him. Mm-hmm. He's hard to press. Yeah. And he's a lot bigger and stronger than you think. Yeah. He's you know? really put together yeah, for a guy that's a strong guy. Yeah. And with really good feet. And what what I love about him too, he's got a good hand. He's got big hands. Yeah. He's got a big set of mitts. He does. And that's I like that. <laughs> yeah. But he can he can come alive when he catches the ball too. You know, yeah, he can make you miss too. He really he accelerates after the catch really he's well. Got, he's got a lot. He's got a big skill set. Yeah, you know, again, you're just looking at a guy that you know last half of the year started to come on, and you know, I I think about like last year though, you know, all the articles you read about Levitsky, Chanel, how mm-hmm. he really started to come on in the spring and mm-hmm. kind of break through a little bit. Yeah, which you've seen Brandon in the last half of the year. With his spring, you know, he got tweaked a little bit with his, you know, groin, and mm-hmm. that, that bothered him a little bit. The second half of spring, I think, that hampered him a little, not major, but I think it was a factor for him. Sure. And, and and we held him back yeah. a little bit. We weren't going to try and do anything worse to him there, but you know, he's got a natural skill set, Chris. There's I, no question about that. I mean, yeah. You know, I feel um, like if a guy like that is coming out of high school as opposed to junior college, sure. by the time he's going into his third year, like, everybody's talking about him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, he's he's atypical of a lot of kids, you know. Yeah. He, he, you know, he was good. But whether he, whether he went, you know, it's like, well, how do you say, like, how's a guy end up, like, at a FCA, FCS, or a mid-major that ends up being a high draft choice? Well, that's how. Yeah, because guys come out and they're they're not quite as developed. They're really raw, but they got raw skills. Mm-hmm. And then they start to develop and they start to figure it out and they start to get better and better and better. And then, and then they explode. 
and that's why you see, you know, you'll see a guy, well, how did Jerry Rice end up where he did? Sure. You know, you know it happens. Yeah. You know, it happens. Tennessee State, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You just say, well, gosh, mind, how's a guy end up like that? And I think with Brandon, you know, he was a skilled guy. Now, whatever reason, he ended up at Sarah, yeah. JC, and, you know, and he was making plays there on a oh, skill yeah. set, you know, oh, yeah. great skills. And now he comes here and he, he gets an opportunity with all the things in the Power Five school that can provide him from, you know, the training to mm-hmm. the meals to, you know, the, the, all the coaching he gets. And it's a day-to-day regimen of, you know, his football development. Mm-hmm. And you see a guy just starting to you yeah. know, really, really, really take off, you know. And mm-hmm. I just, we keep him healthy. He's he's already proven he can make plays, but he's, you know, he's going to continue to make I, I, I like the group of guys we got. Yeah, you know, we just we we've got to, but we got to have a get few more, more of them. That's right. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not going to be deep. Um, and like I said, I, I think you know Ryan and John John mm-hmm. will have a lot to do with our depth. Yeah, and their health. And then you know, obviously, we're excited to see what Curly and Pearsall can do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get opportunities to show us what they can do early. Yeah, you know, yeah, got to so. Yeah. If if you're talking about four players there, that yeah. If we get two of them healthy and we get two of those young ones to continue to you know come in here and help us in some capacity, then you build that depth from four, or five, or six to mm-hmm. eight guys. Kyle Williams broke onto the scene as a sophomore in 2017 with 66 receptions for over 750 yards and seven touchdowns, setting high expectations for the quick five foot ten receiver. But with a coordinator change and some other personnel considerations. Williams was moved from outside to inside, and the number of times he was targeted significantly dropped. Could Williams see a resurgence now that Harry has departed? Chris asked Fisher. Rob even said to me, you know, when you have an Akil Harry on your team, you're so focused on creative ways to get him the football yeah. that maybe you don't, you don't maximize what you have in Kyle Williams, possibly. Even. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you see that. I've seen that every place I've been, you know, yeah. with a guy like a Nikhil or a Tory Holt that we had at NC State. He had Chris Coleman opposite him, oh, who was gosh. a really good player and played in the NFL, but never got quite all the yeah. hoopla surrounded mm-hmm. his name. But he was just a guy that showed up and did his job. At the end of the day, you look up, man, yeah, he's got six catches and 60 or 70 yards and scores a touchdown here or there. And, and then, like, Coleman wasn't in. You know, he's a hell of a blocker. Mm-hmm. Just does his job. Yeah. And and there's, there's always a role for a guy like that. I mean, yeah. I'd take a... You know, me and Rob talk about this all the time. You'd take 10 Kyle Williams oh. anytime. You know, Your whole roster just, full of guys like that. He's always at practice. He's he's durable. He's tough. He's smart. I mean, what other adjective could you ask for? And he's a good player. Yeah. You know, I mean, he shows up on game day. Yeah. And um, I think he's a guy, though, that we feel like Newsom's really more of an inside guy. Yeah. But, but Kyle's an inside guy. They can play outside if need be. So he does give us that flexibility if we had – a problem, you sure. know, and we need to get another guy outside due to injury. We love Ayuk. I mean, we think he's, yeah. you know, I mean, just he's a talented. While Williams didn't have the stellar junior campaign fans hoped he would, junior wide receiver Frank Darby proved he's more than just athletic potential as he led the team in yards per reception with over 20 yards per catch while serving as a durable deep ball threat that had over 400 yards on the season. Here's Chris inquiring about what Darby does that allows him to be so successful catching the deep ball and what he can do to enhance his capability. Frank is an interesting, I mean, he's such a character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
he has that uh, that that phenomenal playmaking ability down the field, mm-hmm. where he just locates and and goes and gets yep. the football, and he does a good job keeping guys pinned. Tremendous uh, adjustment skills. He's a kind of a natural deep ball guy. Yeah. You know, when I got here, it's first thing Rob said. He said, "This kid has a, you know, you're gonna like the way he has a, just a kind of a knack yeah. for making the big play down the field, and and he does, mm-hmm. he does. I mean, he displayed that again last fall. He displayed it in spring. Our biggest thing was Frank is, you know, consistency and in developing into a more complete receiver. Yeah. And and I thought Frank had a good spring. I really felt like there was just probably two or three practices where he wasn't as good as he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll I tell you, when you look at the video and you look at what he did, he's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of light about his development. Yeah. It really is. He's tough. He, he comes to practice, I think, as much as any guy I've coached. He, you can truly say that Frank, he loves to practice and he loves football. Mm-hmm. Like when, it, when it's time to it. play, yeah. he loves to play. There's no doubt yeah. that he's all in, yeah, and he cares about trying to be good, yeah. And and when you have a player like that, number one, as a coach, you can't help. It's like having a guy that really wants to learn in the in the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of of maybe it's chemistry or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is, a doctor. He cares about wanting to be good. He, yeah. he asks questions. He wants to know what he's doing good. What do I need to do better? He understands. He's got to get more consistent. Um, I thought, you know, last year at the end of the year, he, he probably dropped too many balls or had an opportunity to make some plays they didn't come up with. I think he's yeah. very much aware of that. And, uh, you know, he needs to, wants to improve upon that. Yeah. He made, obviously made a lot of big plays for us. But um, I think the biggest thing with Frank is consistency and just improving his overall game. Yeah. Now, that being said, you know, Frank, uh, you know, he was a deep ball guy for us. Nikhil was really that guy that kind of got – you know, more all the opportunities yeah. to catch those other targets. kind of balls, yeah. you know. I mean, Frank will get an opportunity to show that part of his game a little yeah. bit more. Other other than, like, the experience and the reps, what what are the things that he has to do or focus on to become a more precise route runner? Well, I mean, you know, it always kind of starts with getting off the ball and, and being consistent, getting off the ball against press. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's made strides, and you see times he's been – He's been great at the line of scrimmage. I think it's just more consistency for him at the line, uh, more consistency as a, as a overall route runner. Everybody looks at Frank and says, okay, well, what's the first thing? Just like you said, well, Frank's shown the ability to catch the ball deep and he makes all these plays deep. And, and quite honestly, I think Frank's anxious to prove that he can do more than that. I'm sure. You know, yeah. and there were times, you know, he's, he's, he's got really good feet. He's got really good hands at the line of scrimmage, and he's strong. Mm-hmm. It's just more a matter of him always putting that together and being consistent at the line because you see him sometimes, he's bam, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And he knows that's a part of his game to really continue to work on and then just being consistent at the top of his routes. Right, that's what I was going to To be able to like, get in and out and be a good, yeah. good what I call a good bender. That's hips and, and flexibility. And, and, and flexion, ankle flexion. Yeah. And, um, and and he knows those. And this development, this period right here is going to be critical for him. What I love about Frank is he wants to be good at those things. Yeah. He, he When you go out there to practice, mm-hmm. he comes to work. Yeah. No BS with Frank. Yeah. He wants to work. Yeah. And I really, you know, because I, you know, I grade every practice. Me and Derek, we look at all these practices. We grade them. We look at and And I can honestly say 
And there was probably two days I didn't think Frank was, was as good as he needed to be in the spring. But other than that, as in a big body of work, you know, I thought his spring was, was he's improving on the things he needs to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And now, over this next period of time, I look at it as a phase. You, know, you got spring ball, you know, your winter conditioning, mm-hmm. your and your summer can't, you know, your summer conditioning, kind of all that one for us now since okay. spring ball is over. And then August camp, you know, there's kind of phases yeah. of their development. And, uh, you know, most guys, if they're able to stack a good spring and summer after spring ball, it leads to success yeah. in the season. So I'm anxious to see what he, how, you know, what this next five months, because that's what spring ball going early for us now gives us an opportunity to really have no interruption yeah. with the weight room and his, you know, his training as a receiver. As Nikhil Harry transitions from catching passes from Manny Wilkins to Tom Brady, ASU is transitioning to a new, younger crop of receivers. One of them is a lanky 6'2", 180-pound redshirt freshman, Jordan Porter, who Fisher says he's very excited about. He's a lot like a kid I had at Vanderbilt, very, very similar. As a Who's that? Sean Walker. Sean Walker. He was a 10, 600 kid that... It was a it was a developmental phase, and actually Jordan's ahead of where he was at the same age, uh-huh. and he went on to sign with the Rams and and uh, was with them a little bit. So he's got that kind of speed, though. Yeah. He's got that ten six yeah. type speed, and he's a little bit taller, a little longer. Uh-huh. So you know, I he's got a nice combination, nice combination skill set of field, yeah. and and I think you could really see him get some confidence. Yeah, you know, he, you know, you saw him get a little confidence. He caught a couple of those balls in the spring game. Right, had some big plays in practice, and you, you just, Chris, you can't ever. There, there's just such a premium on experience, hmm. you know, for whether it's what you do or what I do. You just think about how much better you are at your job the longer you do it. Yeah, uh, and you think about a young kid like that. Just think about how much though, know, and he gets confidence. He gets bigger. He gets stronger. Just how much more he believes in himself, and he makes a play in practice. He said, "Man, I'm starting to figure this out." Yeah, and you could see that just that look in their eye, and when when they're starting to turn a corner a little. Yeah, bit. people always talk about like, uh, is a track guy playing football, or is he really a football yeah. player? And Jordan was such a good track guy yeah. that I think people had that question. Maybe yeah. uh, well, I think we all had to figure that out a little bit to yeah. some degree, but. But when I allude to his toughness yes. and his ability, willingness to block and get in there and get after safeties a little bit, that's, that tells me a little bit, okay, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this guy's a little bit more than that. He's a yeah. little bit more than a speed guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes speed guys get labeled as just that. But <laughs> yeah. but he knows, you know, the expectation here is that, that we have a lunch pail mentality and we're going to block and we're going to have a bunch of tough guys playing wide out for us. You know, yeah. That's kind of always been my... A big thing to me, you know, I like tough, tough, smart guys, and uh, I, I, I like his progress. I mean, there's more work to do. There's a lot of work to do, and he knows that. But when you look at his first year here, which is really now complete outside of his training, but you know, with spring ball done mm-hmm. and, and preseason camp done and the fall done, you see incremental development, and you see a really good skill set. Okay. That if he continues to develop, he's got he's got a opportunity to be a really good football player here mm-hmm. you know and he's, he's still got you know with his redshirt year now typically he's got four years to play yeah if he plays at all you know yeah we don't know how that ever plays out you know he's got a long time to develop he's got a long something. time to continue to develop as a yeah. player and he's got the one factor that you can't teach a player he's got yeah speed he can run i mean for jordan it seems like the key for him is just getting 
a clean release at the line <coughs> of scrimmage. And he's improving on that. He just guy's gonna he's gonna have to play his way. He's gonna play for us. Yeah. And every game he's gonna typically with a young player he's gonna get better every game. Yeah. You know, you should see his like I yeah, no, I yeah. wasn't a young guy for us. He still was a young guy at a at a Power Five school. He was a junior yeah. college transfer. So typically, with a JC transfer, you have a, you know, there's a learning curve there. There's a yeah. turnover learning curve to get him. And and you saw his first half was okay. This guy's starting to get it. Second half, he's got it. Yeah, he's getting there. Porter's truly an outside guy. We wouldn't move him out of the outside spot right now because. Typically, with a young receiver, Chris, you try to teach him. You want him to be able to play all the slots, but uh-huh. he kind of has to have a starting point. And sure. he needs to learn how to play outside yeah. to get inside, you know, yeah. or inside to go outside, either one. You know, yeah. Kyle's proven, he, you know, he's done both. Yeah. You know, and Jordan's growth and development is hopefully will be that someday. Yeah. You know, but right now he's an outside guy, and he's got outside legit speed. Oh, gosh, you know, yes. He's got all that. While Porter has already been with the program for a season already, Fisher mentioned incoming freshman Jordan Curley and Ricky Pearsall could be important development pieces for ASU's group. Here, Chris asks Fisher about why the Sun Devils decided to sign them. Style-wise, Jordan and Ricky, like what, like how do you think that they, what do they look like to you? Well, they might be, comparing them? No, I mean, each individually. Oh, Jordan, Jordan, yeah, okay. Jordan, Jordan. Curley and Ricky Pearsall, you know, what you, do they bring? Well, I think Jordan Curley is going to bring... You know, when you look at him, high school tape and seeing him, um, you know, he's got enough speed. He's got quickness. I think he's a really good polished route runner at this point. In his, yeah, in his, he'll run a seven cut and all that stuff out there. You know, and I, you know, I tell you, the last time I saw him, I think he's still growing. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's done growing. He's not as big he's as a pretty big kid. But he's a lot longer than what. You think long, long limbed, yeah. Yes, very long limbed. Uh, you know, he's got great bloodlines. Uh-huh. Um, he, he, you know, I, what I like about him, he's a very quiet, focused. He's not a. He doesn't care about media, media guy. Doesn't he's care about not media. him. Uh, every time I talk to him, he's coach him at the gym. I'm getting extra work. I think he's just a guy that really likes football. That just shows up, maybe a. Maybe a Kyle Williams type guy, you know, mm. we'll find out. But uh, I, when you talk to people in that area, the thing, he's just a polished route runner, you know, really good hands. Yeah. Um, I think probably the thing he, hopefully he's ahead of the curve on us is route running. Yeah. You know. I think he looked like a and big play that's, that's, potential, that's too. That's the thing he's, he's done a really good job of. Um, you know, maybe a little undervalued in some ways in, in Austin and in Texas. That's what I thought, too. Because he didn't play for a... You know, his program's not a 10-0 program. He's not down the street at Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. You know, like the other the kid that went to Ohio State, you know, there's four Division One receivers from the greater Austin area that mm-hmm. signed. And, um, but, man, everybody in the area loves Jordan Curl. Yeah. You know, they all talk about him. Yeah. And Ricky, I mean. You know, Ricky's got, I mean, Rick can run. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a 200-pound guy. He's a little thicker right now probably than Jordan. They're a little bit, a little bit different. Ricky's yeah. He's a little thicker, stronger, you know, yeah. a little more height probably than his dad, but strong and thick like his dad. So explosive. Like he's got a very strong body. Yeah. Uh, can really run. You know, he was really good in our camp. You know, you'd have to think right off the bat he can stretch the defense. Yeah. Uh, he returns kicks. Um, anxious to see what he can do. Do you think he's more inside or outside? Probably an outside guy. Okay. 
Probably an outside guy. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Curly just... might might have the potential to be an inside guy. Okay. Um, you know, I just you know you don't know you don't know what their learning curve is going to be how long yeah. it's going to take them but they're you know they'll be here in the summer and we're going to do everything we can to get them ahead of the curve yeah and get them ready to go because we really need to find out mm -hmm. what they can do while Ayuk and Darby are primarily outside receivers Williams has the versatility to move around as does Ryan Newsom but John Humphrey may also be able to do that according to Fisher which gives coaches even more options We know Kyle and Ryan are inside guys. Do you think John is somebody that you could use in or John's out? a guy that could play inside or out. I really think Kyle could do that if need be. Oh, yeah. You really don't want to take Kyle out of the inside because he is – what's forgotten about Kyle is how good a blocker he is, how good he is in a running game. Not by me. Yes, you he's know, phenomenal Many people blocker. don't realize how good a blocker he is and how much effort he plays with. Yeah. And that's what leads to a lot of, you know, I mean, getting guys like him at – they can play the slot. They can do the the dirty work, you know, yeah. the, the the hard hat work of blocking yeah. a a bigger bump linebacker or a slot nickel, or you know, having to go in and block a safety a lot. You know, mm -hmm. he can do all those things. Yeah. And if you're not really glued in on the game and what's going on, I mean, you know, you you miss some of that. Yeah. But we don't miss it. Yeah. And the guy that's watching the game critically doesn't miss it because he's he's a weapon like that. Now yeah. he has the intelligence and ability to play outside if we ever had to move him out there. Yeah, and he you did know. a lot two years ago. He did, and yeah. he can do that. Yeah. So if Newsom's healthy and we had to do that or we had an injury, he, he provides us kind of an X-factor guy that because of his intelligence and his ability can play inside or outside. The tight end position hasn't played much of a role in ASU's passing game in recent seasons, but Fisher believes that can change starting in 2019. Signs of ASU's interest in affecting such an outcome include coaches moving Curtis Hodges from wide receiver to tight end and the emphasis on recruiting more receiver-like tight ends, such as incoming freshman Nolan Matthews. The following is a sequence in which Chris and Fisher discuss ASU's offensive philosophy in this respect. If Curtis Hodges keeps coming along, he's a hybrid type guy. And then hybrid guy. Maybe Nolan Matthews is able to show up Absolutely. and do some stuff and play more twelve personnel. And we're not a, you know, we're not just strictly in a ten. We're not. A oh, you're personnel. a hybrid. We're the a university eleven team that has a guy like Curtis that can really help us. And um, yeah, we could we go four wide? Sure. Yeah. You know we can and we did. Against, but, yeah, but, certain, but certain Curtis you gives you to. that flexibility. Oh yeah. And maybe Nolan. Yeah, and, uh, and then who knows? It's easier to be four wides if you know if yeah, one of these young guys or Newsom, you know, whoever, whoever yeah. that John John, if they can develop and stay healthy, you're going to create mismatches because yeah. you throw Curtis out there on the perimeter. Absolutely. they try to put a corner on him, and now you got somebody I mean, he's else. A matchup issue, and that's you know that's partly why we put him at the position we did. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Curtis had you know had a really good freshman season, and. I'd say he'd be the first to tell you last year didn't go the way he'd hoped, mm -hmm. but he's got skills. Yeah, no sure. question about that. Yeah, and he's a matchup issue. Yeah, inside, I wouldn't want to figure out how to how to cover a guy six seven. <laughs> no, and that that has you know really a lot of wide out skills in his body. Yeah. you know. And oh yeah, it's out, it's so. for him to be working with the tight ends. It just gets you know so much potential that he yeah. has now. No question. So it's kind of it's it's. It'll be exciting. It's, as a coach, it's one of those things that, you know, you lose a great player like Nikhil and you hate to see him go, but then, you know, it's exciting to see who the next guy's going to be, who can step into that role and provide. And just like you asked me, or did, did the guys realize that there's a lot of targets? Well, sure they do. 
Yeah. They understand this can be their opportunity. Yeah. To shine. Yeah. And and take advantage of the opportunity to get you know a few more targets thrown their way. So uh, that's the exciting part about being a coach and and um, I, I love, love the mindset. I like to they they come to work every day. They're a, a great group of kids to coach. They want to be coached. And uh, you know with a guy like Frank in the room, you know he's going to bring the energy anyhow. Oh, you're always going to have that. They always got you. Know, <laughs> he's always. And, and really, guys like that, they have a lot to do with your success because mm-hmm. they, they bring a lot of energy in the room. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm Thank not, you. not displeased at all by any means uh, where we are. But, yeah. you know, these next five months are critical to us. August will be critical. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, how we, you know, how we go through camp and get it all together. Yeah. Say how we get it all together. That'll do it for this episode of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We hope you enjoyed Chris's interview with Charlie Fisher. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to read the entire interview with Fisher, you can find it on sundevilsource.com. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we'll be having additional interviews with members of Edward Staff once a week or so in this format to hold you over until the start of preseason camp in August. So for publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host Rob Warner saying so long and thank you for tuning in. <laughs>